0: john is a daddy our
1: boy there you go
0: (laughs) john is a daddy
1: hello everybody welcome to the cloud machine podcast my name is matt landry and in this 10th episode i'm here with marina lopez throughout this podcast we discuss music education being a woman in music marina's origin story and the balance between music and other passions we also play the game didn't you know thanks for listening Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cloud Machine podcast. For those who are new to this podcast, Cloud Machine is about the music industry and its stakeholders, meaning everybody that works in it, lives it, loves it, surrounds it. Our goal is to shine a light on roles, people, and the realities of the music industry that are often forgotten or taken for granted. Whether you're someone that's dreaming about making a move in the industry, have some songs recorded and don't know what to do with them, or just a listener that wants to learn more, you're at the right place. This week, I have the immense pleasure of welcoming the lovely, marina lopez to the podcast marina grew, marina grew up in barcelona spain where she uh, was ex- exposed to many genres of music including funk r&b flamenco soul jazz afro-cuban catalan folk and fusion music to name a few In 2009 marina immigrated to vancouver canada where she attend, a- attained diplomas from the canadian royal conservatory of music and berkeley online during her college years at humber college here in toronto she established herself in the Canadian scene and has since then been called upon to tour internationally, record, and play shows with artists such as Jane Bonnet, Jesse Reyes, MC, I, Trippy, Stephen Lee Olson, James Bailey, and many others. In between tours, Marina offers bass lessons, song arrangement services, and records remotely from her home studio. So, without further ado, please welcome Marina to the podcast
0: ah <laughs> uh, you know me <laughs> wow hey it's cute uh, hey. hello oh, wow when you put it that way it's very nice <laughs> <laughs>
1: Marisa, marina wasn't sure about the uh, whole soundboard situation but no. anyway <laughs> how are you
0: i'm good i'm yeah. excited yeah great to, great to have you here Mm -hmm.
1: Um, let's start off with the, um, main question that I ask everybody, um, your favorite live show experience as a fan, then Mm -hmm. as a music industry personnel.
0: Yeah, that's a tough one for me because thankfully I grew up with parents who are music lovers and, and my dad in particular is really much into supporting live music so going to live shows was a part of my childhood since day one mm-hmm. so it's kind of tough i've i've seen legends who are no longer here with us so i, I feel very fortunate that way so it's kind of hard to pick but i think if i really had to i would probably say prince mm. both times okay so i was yeah, yeah i saw as a fan i i of course, <laughs> I wish <Yeah. laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. Um, but I, I saw Prince the first time around. It was uh, he was when I was living in Vancouver, and he was playing at the Rogers Arena, mm-hmm. and he happened to be playing on the day of my 16th birthday. And my dad got me tickets and emailed them to me without saying anything. Okay, and yeah. when I saw, I just cried and it was the first time I'd ever cried happy tears in my life I do remember that and so we went and it was just so incredible he had Ida Nielsen on bass at the time from Third Eye Girl who is just incredible she's just you know Mm -hmm. she's so good I mean the whole band so it it was really really incredible and then like halfway through the show he just goes Maceo Parker and Maceo just fucking appears out of like you know those like floor right things and just starts ripping a solo and and Again, just crying. And uh, at that time, too, I have been chasing Maceo because I've been a Maceo fan my whole life. Mm. And uh, he happened to be playing around in and around Vancouver at the time, but it was all 18-plus venues, so I could never get out. I remember my dad going to one of the venues and being like, please, I will supervise her. She won't drink, I promise. Right. but no, I could never get a hold of him uh, at at one point we were even visiting family in Barcelona, and Maceo was playing a show there at a non eighteen plus venue at the time of our flight back so it really felt like I had been chasing this man and now right. I'm fucking nowhere right yeah, <laughs> he just yeah, yeah. surprised guest so yeah it was it was really such an incredible show. I'll never forget it and then the second time I saw Prince was uh at the Sony Center here in Toronto, so yeah. it was it was way more of an intimate show. It's just him, solo, piano, and vocals. Mm -hmm. It was incredible. He did the typical Prince thing where he announced the show like two seconds before the show. So I remember just like impulse buying two tickets and being like, I'll figure it out later. I will ask around, see who wants to come with me. And and I did it. And it was amazing because he passed two weeks after that. And I remember when I heard the news being like, nah, I just saw him. He was fine. He was twirling around putting his foot up on the piano he was fine there's no way and then crying sad tears so yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) i think i think prince for sure i think yeah Yeah, was my favorite
1: that show has been mentioned before on the podcast so i'm not surprised that it's coming back already the sony one yeah the sony one yeah yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. what about your favorite show as a as a performer
0: it would definitely I mean you already know this yeah. <laughs> it would definitely have to be um opening for Billie Eilish with Jesse Reyes. Yeah. Um just the energy in the room was mm-hmm. amazing. Um that tour was supposed to be like five months, but it got got very short due to the pandemic. I think we yeah. were only able to play like a couple of shows. Um so the first one was in the American Airlines Arena in Miami, and the second yeah. one was the Amway Center in Orlando. Mm-hmm. And they were both amazing. I think maybe nothing can compare to, like, that energy in the yeah, first show. Course, of Like, yeah. holy fuck, I'm about to play an arena. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had really bomb vegan lasagna before the <laughs> second show, so maybe. So the Orlando <laughs> show is better? Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. No, but, yeah, they were so incredible. I mean, the fans are, were incredible. The energy in mm-hmm. the room was just so insane. And, you know, when you get ready for... Uh, a tour like that, you practice so much. I just, I, yep. I didn't have like, like jitters or nervous energy. I, I just felt so ready, and right. it was just so much fun. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's great. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, we'll we'll talk about that experience just a little bit mm-hmm. later. Um. The second question I have for you is, um, just a reflection. Your first instinct on Erica Badu's quote, which is, mm-hmm. "Music and music business are two different things." So. Again, music and music are two bi- two different things. So in this podcast, I always kind of start off with this, but it's basically just a general music business question on where you are at with the business today. And um, yeah, what are your thoughts
0: on that? Just uh, Yeah, I completely agree. And it's a pain in my ass. I mean, <laughs> as a, yeah, because for me, I mean, there's a lot of people like yourself, for example, who love the business side of a creative industry. Right. For me, I just want to play. I don't want to. For me, personally, I know there's a lot of people who who do really well with social media and who really know what they're doing. But for me, that's just a skill that is kind of like you're almost forced into as a musician these days. And it's just annoying. I just want to go to rehearsal, work on my craft, and make people feel things when I go on stage. I don't want to have to think about, I have to post, I have to make content you know yeah, yeah, so yeah. for me personally man, i'd rather someone else handle that mm-hmm. yeah
1: do you think that it's it's to your benefit that you've posted a bunch on on social media before and like gotten on like a like accounts like pickup jazz yeah. and stuff like that yeah
0: yeah absolutely i mean as much as that you know it's it's annoying for me but i mean it, it's gotten me to where i am today absolutely i think if i wouldn't have posted know videos of me playing or whatever i i think when i think most of the bigger gigs in my life i probably got because of something someone saw on instagram so i mean it works
1: yeah i wanted to talk to you our first for the first topic being your origin story so Mm -hmm. here i know you i mean you grew up in spain um how was that like how was the the music there i mean we, we we speak sometimes about like your your dad's influence um, yeah. Specifically, and of course, your mom's as well. Um, but like on road trips as a kid, like how was that? Like just just music in Spain in general, and just growing up, what was that like in your in your house?
0: I think that it's not necessarily that I grew up in Spain; it's that I grew up with my father. Right, right, right. <laughs> like yeah. my my dad is is. Such a music nerd in the best way possible. I mean, mm-hmm. I really grew up around so much amazing music. And on my mom's side, it was more the Catalan side of things. So right. any like Catalan genre and folk music and um yeah, like that came from her. Mm-hmm. And then my dad was kind of everything else. Um, so I grew up with such an eclectic group of genres. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But my dad would torrent, uh, make his own, like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. T- not tapes, because at the time it wasn't tapes anymore. It was CDs, but we had, like, a whole... I mean, you know, like, you grow up in the car, you have, like, that little... It's like a like an album, kind of, like a photo album. Yeah, with yeah, CDs. yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. we had that. But every CD, like, every song was completely different artist different... Like, it wasn't like right. he would torrent a whole album. Right, right, right. Um, except for a Tower of Power CD that was just Tower of Power, and She's a Break House, that's For it. some <laughs> reason. Yeah, yeah. And it was one of my favorites. I mean I mean from a very early age I was whistling bass lines and scatting Tower Power horn solos. There you go. Um so yeah, that was my experience growing up. I think a lot of people can kind of pinpoint like the first show they ever went to or the first record they ever bought. And I can't do that. And it, it's right. such a privilege because it was just a part of my life since yeah. day one. So yeah. I don't know. I feel the
1: same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It was just, it's such a fun upbringing, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: your dad was basically making like what we know now as just like basically a playlist or like yeah. back then it would have been like tapes, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it had, you know, Prince Jeff Beck, Alicia Keys. Yes, Like. Yeah. Everybody.
1: I was just about to ask you what were like the 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 main artists that you were listening to back then.
0: Yeah. Um. Well, Tower of Power. Yeah. I mean, everyone. I just mentioned a lot of Macy Parker, James Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had random stuff, just like songs from soundtracks. Uh, who else? Uh, it had "Creep" by TLC. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I thought you were gonna say Radiohead. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> um,
1: were were there any bassists at that time as well that was like were like very influential or were like right in, like in your face kind of thing? Like where did bass come into play? Because I know your dad's was more of like a, a guitar player. Yeah. Um.
0: I yeah. I don't think that I could really mention that, that I knew about bass players until I started to play bass. Right. Yeah. 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 Because the story. I mean. So what happened was so my dad had a band back in Spain and they would come home and rehearse. So I grew up around like musicians rehearsing and stuff. And right. and yeah, my dad was the guitar player in his band. Uh but when I was ten, he brought a bass home. Okay. And that's how it started. I just remember I have this image of us like putting it putting, like, laying the case down on the floor in the living room and opening, and I thought it was really pretty. Right. So I asked him if I could pick it up and learn, and I'll never forget. He looked at me, like, dead in the eye, and he was like, you know, you know my dad. Yeah. He was just like, <laughs> he was like, Marina, music is a motherfucker, and I know from the outside it looks all fun, and it is, but it also takes so much discipline and hours and hours and hours of practicing, and you have to learn Theory and air training and all this stuff. Are you are you really sure? Are you ready? <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, and were you like? <laughs> 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 no, I I was I was just I I just was ten and I was like yeah. I've never seen anyone suffer because they had to practice. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Turns out he was right. <laughs> but at the time I didn't know that, so I just was like, Yo, yeah. how hard can it be?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you started there. Was it mostly like private lessons?
0: Like no. Um, for the first few years up until we immigrated, it was just me uh, self-taught with his guidance. At oh, home. wow, okay, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He would sit me down and he walked me through like the circle of fourths and you know yeah. keys and and proper technique and and stuff. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so that you know he would give me songs to learn and. Yeah. One, one, yeah, I think one of the first few songs that I learned, or some of the first few songs that I learned, were Boys Don't Cry by The Cure, Super Freak, I heard right? okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there was some Bob Marley in there, some Jackson 5, and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Of course. I want your back. Come on, you. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I just have a note here RCM and Berkeley, when did mm. they come into play? I know Berkeley was later on, yes. but RCM was that. Like Actually, post? they were at the same time. Okay. okay yeah. So, they
0: were so, time. so when I was about to turn 13, three of us immigrated to Vancouver. Yes. And that's when we learned that you can take band class in school, which yeah. is not a thing in yeah. Spain. You take music class, but everybody's forced to go and you just learn the recorder. So, very right. different. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> I... I Actually, I was very fortunate because I went to a high school that was very music centered. So Mm -hmm. there were, it wasn't just band class. It was like, there were a lot of different band classes you could take, and there was guitar class and choir, and like it was very, it was great. Yeah. So, um, so I, I did that. And my, my band teacher, Nick Francis, shout out. He's, shout out yes absolutely <laughs> and uh really supported me and yeah. uh and he let me he also encouraged me to pick up the upright bass. so for f- for four years i did classical upright and in the summer he let me take it home
1: right yeah so you had you had it throughout the summertime mm-hmm. yeah was that annoying to your parents or was that like encouraged
0: it was encouraged yeah yeah good. um and, uh, so, yeah. And then because my, well, I mean, both my parents have always been extremely supportive of my music career, but my dad especially was kind of like living vicariously through me a little bit, Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it was great because he had, he had an idea of, of like where to steer me and where, you know, how to guide me. Yeah. And so, um, we enrolled me and in RCM, if you know, if you know, you know, yeah.
1: Royal Conservatory of Music. Yeah, correct. Canada.
0: So, yeah, so you do you do your your rudiments, your theory, your harmony and counterpoint and I did all those with my class honors. And then I and then my dad just got this idea in his head that I should learn how to produce myself, at least at a basic level. Right. Because he was like, there's nothing worse <laughs> than <laughs> when you go to the studio to record your own material. And by the time you leave, the song doesn't even sound like your song anymore because the engineer did whatever they wanted. So I guess he had some bad experiences. Yeah. Um, And so I was 14 and he enrolled me in Berkeley Online and I did Pro Tools 101 and I did Jazz Bass. And right. I and so I was doing that and RCM and high school and like playing in bands around town, and all of it at the same time. Yeah. I actually have a journal entry of myself at 14 being like, I'm so fucking stressed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I've never done so much in my whole life. And um, In the entry, it's so cute. It's just like, you know, I've been working so hard, and this is really hard, but I'm also really proud of myself, and I, I can't wait until this is all done. Yeah. <laughs> That's
1: yeah. funny. So, yeah. And at the time, you were also doing, um, there was also a bit of music. Um, so theater as well right in high school at yeah the
0: time? um it's actually why I picked up the upright because so in, in my high school it was music center and it was theater centered and right. so we had uh, a, a a musical that was put on every year and it was it was not your typical high school musical it was actually right. really good and we had like incredible sets and live pit band and yeah, and all of it incredible. and uh, and by the by the time that I was like I want to do that it was Annie. Right. And you can't be playing electric for Annie. Right. right. Um and so the director said, Well, pick up the upright or don't come at all. So I was <laughs> like, well, I mean, fine. So um so I did and it was it was so so fun. Yeah. I loved it. Mm.
1: I have a thing, uh, about Canadian high schools because I grew up in Northern Ontario. You know this mm. of course. Um and yeah, I just that like the resources were so much like um uh shorter i guess or there weren't as many resources um where i was at um so I, before coming to toronto moving to toronto in 2017 i didn't know that there were high schools that like you could just do like music like 80% of the time um, well no it
0: was oh well not mine but maybe. yeah yeah
1: yeah not yours but um, mm-hmm. Like there's a school here, Rosedale, uh, which they basically do like music and you have like music mu- music class like all day, various classes, whether it's like guitar, orchestra, voice, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have like your French and your your core classes, your French or your English, uh, maths and sciences, whatever you want to take. But you also have the option to do just like just arts. And I think it's really amazing. Yeah. Um, and if of course, with you uh, having like those specialist classes as well. So great, an orchestra and like a musical theater thing, yeah, um yeah i'm just i'm i'm, I'm i just wanted to highlight it because I'm very jealous of it <laughs> um
0: yeah, I feel very lucky, uh,
1: yeah, what was that like did was there a lot of just kids that were doing it after school, or did you did you find that you were one of the ones that were like the most like passionate about kind of the? I was the
0: definitely music? one of the more intense kids when right. it came to music i mean our our band room had two separate like practice mods yeah and i was in there every second that i could anytime between classes during recess if i had a free block i was there right and uh yeah there was only one other kid in my class who graduated and went on to pursue music too as a sax player he he did classical saxophone after so there was just two of us right that were like taking it more seriously i think Mm -hmm. Uh, but everybody else was into it too. Like it was still, you know, fun and, and stuff. I always wished people practiced more <laughs> Yeah, because oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yes. I'm practicing really hard to make us sound good guys, but if the rest of you don't, I mean, there's only so much yeah. I can do, <laughs> but it was still, it was great. I, I have great memories of, mm-hmm. of band class. Um, yeah. yeah, this is
1: going into, well, I guess we have been a little bit talking about it too, but it goes into our second topic, which is music education. Um, mm. so of course my, my main note is here. So you, you did your high school and yeah. now you did your, you did your, you went to Humber. Yeah. Um, it was an online audition if I remember correctly.
0: Yeah. It was online because I was living in Vancouver at the time yeah. and I just, I just didn't, you can fly in if you like, but yeah. I was like, why, when you can just do it, like why yeah, yeah, why yeah. spend the money on yeah, a yeah, plane yeah. ticket and uh, you know, totally. so, um, yeah, I, I did the video and I sent it in and, and I got in.
1: Yeah. And, yeah. And I came here. I mean, I know your experience personally. I just have the note here, the Humber experience.
0: Mm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I just wanted to let you go in on that. It's
0: a can of worms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a can of
1: worms, yeah. Um, um, yeah, how was, the, how was that? We could talk about that.
0: You know, I had an, I had a bad time in yeah. college, to be yeah. honest. Like, my mental health was just terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah, it it's uh it, it's a lot. And and I, I don't I don't think I think some of it was Humber and some of it was just the things that I was going through personally mm-hmm. and a mix a mix of so many things. I was 17 cuz I'm a December baby, so I graduated at 17. I came here by myself. It was the first time I was living all on my own. So Figuring that out and it was just, it was so much. So yeah. to be honest, like I had a terrible time and if I had to do it again, I would not. But mm-hmm. I am grateful that that I did it and I finished the program. I finished in six years instead of four. Yeah, Because I was having a terrible time and the workload was not, just not working for me. So actually I got into academic probation and I got kicked out. Yeah. For like a year and a half. <laughs> and Humber still used my pictures in their ads. <laughs> okay yeah um yeah it looked good on them to have women you know instrumentalists sure right so yeah. we'll talk about that later um
1: uh, <laughs> yeah
0: okay but uh so yeah it was mixed i mean i i learned a lot it was great in in mm-hmm. that sense um i think now that i've i've been graduated for some time there's i can kind of like take and drop the knowledge yeah, you look know back on it. yeah cuz not everything that they're going to teach you is going to there's so many ways to be a musician right yeah. so you know just take what serves me and drop the rest and and yeah. and I made amazing friendships and connections so I like that mm-hmm. and uh yeah I know but it was it was a it was a time it was a time, it was yeah. a time.
1: <laughs> um so through that was there ever like um opportunities to kind of do stuff out of, of the, of the college. I know at Humber you have to do like 400 hours of like performing while you're oh, there. Yeah. Um, how was that? Was, was it like the community at Humber? I mean, I have a lot of friends that went there mm. and there seems to be a great community of alumni, but also current um, students there. But what, what yeah. were your thoughts on, on, on playing outside of college and that community kind of thing? Um,
0: first off, I don't like that high schools and colleges and universities and whatever have like a certain amount of hours of volunteering or working because you right. don't know people's lives right you don't know sometimes high school alone can be too much for someone you don't know what people's personality you want me to do 400 hours outside of this hell hole <laughs> <laughs> like i i don't like it i don't right. i think that that should be a thing actually during COVID, they shut that down
1: Right. I, I don't know. Yeah, if
0: that makes sense. It makes sense. I don't know if they're going to like, you know, start it up again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hope not. I I just think it's way too much. I think yeah. you're already doing so much playing and stuff while, while you're in yeah, there. No, like that's true. why you don't know. If you're a college student, then you're an adult. Maybe you were working. Maybe you right. have a family. Right, right, like, right, right, right. Come yeah. on, you know. So yeah. so let me just say that. But um <laughs> but for me, I actually so one of the things Humbert does during the summers while his school is out is it's a program called uh, Jazz in the Schools. Mm. And it's uh, it's a band that you audition for. um, And then if you get in, it's a full big band, like Swing with the Horns and the Rhythm Section. And you put together a set. One of your professors will be your director. And it's meant to be like a fun little show for kids Mm -hmm. and teens. And you kind of, it walks you through music through the ages um up until today so you end with whatever hot tune is top 40 right, you right, know, right. I, this summer or whatever do you remember which one yours was yeah, yeah. it was uptown oh there you go <laughs> uh it was really that's fun. great for base too yeah, yeah. i got to start it off it was yeah. great um but uh, and then you do two schools a day and it could be anything from you know kindergarten all the way up to high school we also did a lot of special needs schools which was great and yeah. uh so yeah and you do that for i think like a a month or two and so Gosh. and you do get paid um it's not much but it's good and yeah, two and, schools a
1: day is a lot
0: yeah it's a lot it's a lot of setting up and tearing down yeah let me yeah, tell you. yeah mostly yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's all good i had a lot of fun and um and then the kids get to ask you questions afterwards so it's a whole thing um That's and cool. then that goes towards like half of your hours so I'm it, sure if it yeah. was like Jeez. 400 then i that gave me like 200 and something hours and then for the rest, you know, it's just annoying because you go, you go play a show, and maybe it's at a dive bar, and then you have to find someone to sign off. Yeah, you have you. to sign like, off. Who? Yeah. <laughs> who? Who? The bartender? Like who? Yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. so yeah, yeah. That's a tough. Not one. a fan. No, that's a tough one. Got it done.
1: Yeah. Oh, great. Um. Okay. So going into the juicy part, mm. getting in, getting in with uh, Jesse. Oh yeah. Um from would you like would you like to talk about like just like getting the gig that was a, that's a that's a big one um through chino right
0: i think so um he yeah he found you sorry. i guess so yeah. yeah so i got that call in the middle of my last semester so i actually finished my degree online while on the road Right. Um but how I got that call is I was just hanging out one night and then I got an Instagram message from the one and only Matt Burnett. Hey, shout out. Yes. yes. Indeed. And uh and Yanni was just like I you know we I got to I want to talk to you give me you give me a call and and so he you know I I called and then he said you know I'm I'm md for jesse reyes and we're going on this tour and there's a lot of things in the works and we're you know we're looking for somebody who's going to do five string bass and synth bass and uh you know who's able to to drop their lives for five months and come on the road and it's starting in a month and a half and i was like okay that sounds amazing (laughs) let me go talk to the people in my life about this because so um so, yeah, he he was really nice and he was like, "All right, give back to me." And then the day after I went to school and I talked to all my professors, see, they let me take my classes online and everybody was super on board and uh uh and yeah, that's how it happened.
1: That's great. Mm-hmm. What was what was the process there? You got the call? Um
0: I should I should probably mention, I got the call. He knew about me because two, I think it was Chino, the yeah. the drummer who had Known of me because both Chino and the guitar player Heather Crawford, both incredible, who had also gone to Humber, so we were kind of like in the same
1: yeah. hub
0: ish, yeah. I guess. And so when uh Jesse wanted to look for a bass player, they were like, "Oh, we known about this Marina person." Yeah, so and she
1: was specifically looking for a woman mm-hmm. in music. Yeah, um, and they they found you through Instagram. Yeah, yeah, so.
0: Host. another instagram yeah. gig yeah <laughs>
1: instagram gig yeah um so okay so you got the call you got the material yeah and rehearsal started like
0: right away right away basically yeah i ha- i think i had a few days to learn the stuff yeah no charts no charts no yeah Oftentimes they just it's not charts no they it wouldn't make sense in no, that no, no, scenario exactly. no it was just like they just gave me a, a set list yeah and i just You'll make the it changes. up on my own. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. And you'll mm. make the changes kind of throughout the rehearsal process is what happens. Basically. Exactly, and
0: that's yeah. why it makes no sense to have charts because whenever you're workshopping a song, you might end up with, like, five different arrangements of a tune and everything right. happens on the fly. And so it wouldn't make sense to have a chart. You'd have to, like, constantly make no, it Just no. Yeah. It's in your head. Yeah.
1: And in rehearsal, would he be calling, he being Mad Burnett, would yeah. he be calling different versions of the songs?
0: Kind of thing? Um kind of. Yeah. Right. It it was it was a very like fast paced work environment, super creative. Like he would just come up with ideas, you know, like yeah. like we'd be playing and then he'd be like, Oh, what about what do we do this and then we do this harm here and then okay, do it and then we do it and and okay, that sounds great. Let's keep it. Or no, never mind. And so right, right, you right. know, yeah, it was very much it was very much like that. And yeah, yeah. for me, I had my phone recording facing me for the entirety of rehearsal. And I would give myself like cues. Like I would like look at the camera and be like four bars. You know, I would like, <laughs> give, like give myself, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the cues. And then i go home after rehearsal and I would like run through the set like two or three times, go to sleep, wake up, do it all again. Right. So um, yeah, cause that's how you keep up. Cause yeah. like, changes are coming at you fast. Yeah, 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 totally. Mm-hmm.
1: What are some of the biggest things that you learned during that process?
0: Oh, it's so much. I don't know. Yeah. I hadn't thought about it that way. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, just being, like, quick on your feet and very receptive to what's happening. A lot of, like, like, um, professionalism. Mm. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, First th- tour. Yeah. Exactly. Just, yeah. like, being a yes person. Mm-hmm. There was one day, <laughs> there was one day <laughs> where he was like, oh, I think uh, a bass swell would sound really good on this part. Um, do you have a volume pedal or like a swell pedal? And I was like, Yeah, I'll bring it tomorrow, and I didn't. So after rehearsal, I had to run to Langham Equate and get right. a get a pedal, and then learn how to use it, put it in my board, and come back the next day and be like, It's been here all along. Yeah, yeah. um, so you know, you just you just you just do what you got to do. Yeah. And also at that point, to be honest, I hadn't really like played any. I had just started to mess around with with synth bases.
1: Right. So that was
0: another thing, too. Like, this was actually my first, I think it was my first gig on. Or I had done one before, but I had only played, like, one or two songs. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a lot of, like, I just have to get on my shit right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just live and breathe this set, okay? Yeah.
1: How was that feeling the first time you played synth bass in an arena? (laughs)
0: <laughs> it was amazing <laughs> yeah. well we were I'll never forget this we were yeah we were at uh, in the arena and mm. they were like you know can we have some synth bass and I go over and I just like press down on one key and the whole fucking place rumbled and I remember feeling like oh this is so cool but also how how are they giving me this much responsibility like right, I just feel right, like right, I yeah. just feel like <laughs> yeah, yeah. some totally. random girl walked in here <laughs> and I just met y'all like a month ago. And now, right. you know, I'm making the whole place go down. Yeah, yeah. So it was so cool yeah. and also, like, scary.
1: Yeah. You spoke just just now about um, this random girl um, coming in. Did you ever have, mm-hmm. like, imposter syndrome early oh, on? Oh, yeah. 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 And I
0: think especially, too, because I knew they were looking for a female
1: yeah, player right. who
0: played five-string and synth-based. I don't know a lot of those in the city. In fact, I know nobody. Right. So I kind of felt like, oh, maybe it just defaulted to me, mm. you know, but if I wasn't a woman, would they have chosen me? Right. Is, you know. um. But it, it did go away because by the time that we went on the road, I had worked on this so hard that it just felt like. No, I deserve to right. be here because I've yours, worked kinda. this is mine and yeah. I have worked really hard for this. And especially this being my first like big time tour. Mm-hmm. Um, no, this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. So yeah.
1: Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. It actually kind of bodes well to go into a third topic. And I have no notes for this third topic. <laughs> okay. Especially as a man.
0: Mm.
1: Um being a woman in music. Ah. You told me yesterday during a pre-interview. Yeah. We don't need no notes.
0: We don't need no fucking notes. You
1: said, I'll go off. (laughs) (laughs) I I have it it in my notes. I'll go off, quote.
0: Those are the notes. Um, Yeah, it's a double-edged sword. That's how I think about it. That's been my experience. And, you know, I don't want to talk for everybody, but I'm sure I could when it comes to this. I mean... It's a whole thing. Like it's it's already hard being a woman in any male-dominated industry because this is okay. Yeah, it is. Um, but I find that it's even harder if you are not a vocalist and a member of the rhythm section because the amount of times that people have been like, "Oh, so what do you do? Oh, I'm a musician. Oh, you a singer? Well, no, right? And you know, but also I think when we think of like band uh hierarchy i think the rhythm section is pretty high up and the, you know it's uh it's a, um yeah it's a powerful position to be in um and if you don't agree you can fight me <laughs> um oh but my God. okay it's happening <laughs> stay calm. what's the procedure everyone? what's the oh procedure oh my gosh <laughs> Um, but with any <laughs> with any position of power, we're not used to seeing women in it. Right. So when you get a woman in the who is a member of, of the rhythm section, it feels like we have to prove ourselves tenfold and we have to, you know, it's it's very convoluted. I mean, when I was getting my degree. You had to do two years of bass master class. And I was the only woman in that class for those two years. And I think I was like one of three women bass players in the whole program. And it always feels like eyes on you, you know, Mm. for the wrong reasons. And the amount of times that I've just gotten done playing a show and I'm getting ready to leave the stage and I'm walking down the stairs and I already see the guy at the bottom of the stairs and I get there and it's (laughs) always, oh, hey, great set. You play really well. For a girl, and they genuinely think that's a compliment, and then mm. they ask you for a drink, like it's gonna be a no every time, babe. It's gonna be a no.
1: They ask you for what, sorry?
0: For a drink uh, or like something, because yeah. they genuinely think they have just given you this compliment. It's, yeah, right, right, right. Um, or oh, my favorite, uh, hey, my bro recorded bass for my tune, but I want you on the video.
1: Uh you know, it's like yeah.
0: you could have just had me record. And then I'll be in the video because that makes sense. Right. But I will not be in the video because I'm not an actress. I'm not going to fake play because I'm a real player and I can, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. And and usually these people have a lot to say about the wardrobe. Hey. Exactly, right. right? So it's not, no. It's a lot of bullshit that comes with being a woman in the industry and it's just,
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you, Do you think, do you think, that it's getting better. I mean, uh, there's yeah. always a lot of work to do. Yeah, it is getting better. As I
0: said, like double edged sword. There's there's all the bad, but there's also all the good. And I think you know, uh, being inclusive is very in right now, which is wonderful. But right. there is the a wrong way to go about it, mm-hmm. uh, and a right way to go about it. Right. So if, if you if you are asking me to uh, to audition for your band or to be in your band and it's very clear to me that you're only asking me because i'm a woman and because you want to give the appearance of inclusivity or because you want eye candy in order to attract a male audience which i saw a lot of i used to be in the metal scene for three years that happened a lot Mm. um And it's clear to me that you did not look into me or what genres I play or what my bag is. You're just asking me knowing zero things about me just because I'm a woman who plays bass. It's going to be a no. But if you are asking me because you genuinely want to give women musicians a platform and you want to show the world that we can play just as well and you want to uplift us. Great. Yeah. You know, but I think there's been a lot of pioneers. I mean, sly from Mm. the sly stone back in the day you know what he not only had a lot of people with different uh genders in his band but also a lot of different races which i feel wasn't super common right back then which is great and prince another another yeah yeah. another pioneer i mean he had women in in the in the rhythm section in the horn section and the vocals and the you know he just genuinely didn't care if you're good at what you do then you should be here um beyonce of course. Queen. Queen. Uh, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, there's been all these pioneers that are pushing us forward. And, you know, uh, I'm thankful. Yeah.
1: And we're back, Marina Lopez, on the 10th episode of the Cloud Machine Podcast. Mm-hmm. We're back with topic four, which is balance the balance between music and other passions. So in the past couple of yeah. years, after the pandemic... Um, you've kind of stepped away sort of from the music industry, um, but Mm -hmm. also not in, not really in a way. Yeah. Um, (laughs) there's been, there's been gigs here and there, but it's sort Mm -hmm. of been now, um, you've kind of turned your head towards another passion of yours, which is, um, the animal
0: rights, animal care and rescue, advocacy, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, i've been doing that for a long time a long i have been doing that for almost 7 years now yeah. um but um yeah well first of all having multiple passions and yeah. y- is valid and i of i just feel like I, I just yeah but you know what it had to be said because I feel like there's this pressure as musicians to like live and breathe music. And if you're not practicing 12 hours a day, then are you hungry enough and whatever? And it's just like, you know, like relax. Right. It doesn't have to be this grindy thing all the mm-hmm. time. There are seasons of life for different things. And for me, I've been going so hard at music since I was 10 That, you know, when the pandemic came and we got sent home from tour, like, it was kind of a nice breather. Um, Right. And then, because I, I, yeah, I just, I figured, you know, because a few months went by and we were all waiting to hear, are we going to go back on the road? What's going to happen? And then after a while, it just became obvious that the pandemic was here to stay. Yeah. And uh, and that. I needed to find another way to earn a living. And so I realized, you know, well, if it can be something that I'm passionate about, then that'd be great. And so at that point, I have been rescuing and fostering cats and dogs for like five years at the time, I think. Yeah. And so I got my training as an ACA, it's an animal care attendant. So it's a veterinarian tech assistant. And I worked at a vet clinic. Yeah. For a year, I loved my job. Absolutely hated the politics. I mean, there is yeah. some, there is some there is some dark shit going on in the vetting industry, but that's a different podcast. Right. Um, and so uh, as much as I learned so much, very thankful for that experience. But uh, a year after that, music started to open up again. And I was like, right, that's that that's me. That's leaving. the way. Yeah. So um, went back to music. And then after a while of that, I was like, oh, but I do really miss working with animals. And so like for a couple of years, I had this internal battle of like. Yeah. Of like feeling guilty because I had spent so much time and money and energy into music that I was like, well, you know, if I leave it all behind, like, what does that say about me? What are my parents going to think? And right. and And all of that stuff. And then it just took some time to realize that, like, I can do both. Yeah. And in fact, having a job that is stable and non-music related actually really freed things up in the the music world because I can say yes to the gigs I want to say yes to and really am passionate about and want to do as opposed to having to say yes to everything that comes my way because I have bills that need to be paid right so um, yeah, I just think we need to change our mentalities a little bit around that. And, you know, and it's tough because I haven't figured out that balance yet, but that's okay. I'm in my mid-20s. Yeah, yeah, I have plenty of so time. So much time. And and that's a whole different thing in its own, too, because I think, like, so many, oftentimes in, in any creative industry, but we kind of watch all of these people who are, you know virtuosos who have five Grammys by the time they're twenty-two, and then that's not us and we feel bad. And it's like Totally. No, just everyone's bad is different. That's okay. Um so that's how I feel about it. <laughs> I feel I feel like just do yeah. whatever makes you happy and there is no rule book. Mm-hmm for going about life um i fucking love video games yes that's another one if i could just have like you know if i can carve out the time for myself to have a day where i play video games for eight hours and do nothing else i will and it's not a waste of time because i enjoyed it
1: yeah yeah of course making the connection between video games and music yeah was that like always that like was that a thing that you had like as a child or were you like obsessed with like video game soundtracks yeah. or like stuff like that oh
0: soundtracks Yeah. it uh, was it wasn't
1: was there ever like a, a an obvious connection for you or was it like two, not two obvious. separate things yeah
0: but i would find myself um like humming or singing around right. the house like yeah, yeah, yeah. little you know the little tunes from my video games totally. um the animal crossing wild world wild world uh soundtrack is ingrained seared into my brain forever right um which is a really good one so it's okay um <laughs> check it out ch- check it out <laughs> changes by the hour of the day hey. so it's really good um unlike new horizons hey Nintendo, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm looking at you, okay, <laughs> what the hell was that? The same song over and over. Yeah, that's tough. Um, it is tough, but yeah. you know, you just tune it out. <laughs> and there are no settings. You can't go into sound settings and turn it off. Yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> beef here.
1: There's a lot of beef.
0: I have feelings. A lot yeah. of feelings. Yeah, about it. Yeah. <laughs> so no, it wasn't like a like an obvious connection. I just knew I love music and I love video games. Yeah. And yeah. Um, Later on, when I was a teen, my dad went to work for EA Games, and it was like a uh, fucking dream for me because he yeah. could get all of the free games. So I, I would get like all of the Sims expansion packs, and, uh, and I, I got to go to the office with him a few times. So I got to go to you know Vancouver EA headquarters, which is so pretty. Yeah, and um. Dang. Yeah, I know. So that was really fun.
1: I would have loved that as a, like a sports guy because I uh, basically only played EA games and Nintendo games when I was a kid.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. They have the whole like motion capture, uh, you know, basketball court and whatever in there, too. Yes. And yeah, very, very cool. Very cool. Yeah.
1: Um, You've also mentioned as well of as, as wanting to, to not only necessarily do music also get into getting into Twitch and video game streaming and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, um, I would like to do that at some point, but some I don't, point. I'm not expecting anything of it. Like, I, I'm not banking on it to be any kind of like, you know, source of income or yeah, anything. Literally I banking don't. on it. <laughs> yeah so I just I just want to do it for fun because I'm doing it anyways I, yeah yeah I'm exactly. sitting yeah. there and yeah. like you know building a fucking house in the sims for five hours anyway so I might as well like you know put it out there and build a tiny little community of anybody yeah, who might yeah, care. Totally. I mean this community is huge so I know it's out there but um, but yeah just for f- I just think it'd be fun Yeah, you know and, and I spend so much time making amazing builds that uh, nobody ever gets to see so I just think it'd be cute to put it out there but but um, yeah. but yeah, that's really it. I have beef with people who <laughs> want to like, <laughs> who just <laughs> feel like they want to monetize every fucking hobby and everything. Like, right. like you need to have things that are that you're bad at, and you need to have things that you do just for fun. Yeah, with no pressure of being good at it or to put it out there or to just something that's fun and that's it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going back to the animal um, care yeah. industry, mm. um, do you want to talk about Kit Club for a sec?
0: <laughs> yeah, so Kit Club is my upcoming, I guess, Yeah, uh, nonprofit rescue. Hey. Um It's very much like it's in the tiny little fetus stage. Like, it's not – it's barely a thing. But, yeah, it's – I've just I've been rescuing and fostering for so long and uh, I've been mostly uh, doing it out of pocket. I mean, I've, I've been working with the Toronto Humane Society as a foster parent for a long time and, mm-hmm. and, I've, and I've worked in collaboration with uh, my local vet clinics. But other than that, I've conducted rescues just on my own, out of pocket. And yeah. a lot of the times, if you're rescuing someone from the street, chances are they're not in perfect health. And so that's going to mean a lot of vet bills and a lot of money. So I figured... There's no way I'm going to stop. Like, I love doing this so much and it's so needed. So I'm never going to stop. Mm -hmm. I just need to find a sustainable way because I can't just, like, be paying for this all the time. It's awful. I mean, two rescues ago, Agnes, like, you know, she had every ailment under the sun. She cost thousands of dollars. She didn't make it. She died. So. You know, that's the world of rescue. That's the world of rescue, right? And, And that's okay. You have to be prepared for it. So that's when Kid Club came about. And I just thought, you know, a lot of people are out there doing it. I... I did my research on, you know, how many shelters and rescues and all of that we have in Toronto. And it's we definitely need a lot more. Yeah, it's very limited. So I thought, okay, let me get on to this. And, uh, hmm. and yeah, so currently in the process of making my business plan, um, and, you know, I already set up all the... Social media, emailing, whatever, uh, the, all of the logo and branding and whatnot, because that's what it's about these days, is being made right now. And, uh, and yeah, so we're going to go ahead and get that done. And yeah. uh, we'll see how it goes.
1: Check it out. Cake Club coming up. Um, yeah, I think this, the messaging—the message here is just like, yes, this is a music industry podcast, but you, you don't always necessarily need, only need to be a musician to kind of f- be fulfilled I think that's, I am a musician, and I
0: will always yeah, think that's right. And you'll yeah, always
1: be a musician, exactly. even though you're not like well, shedding I am, every I, night. You know
0: no, thing? but I, you know, I do shed when I have to. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I, I absolutely am always interested in receiving um, you know uh, offers, op- opportunities, and offers, and offers. If anybody wants me to go on the road, yes. yeah, absolutely, I'll do it. I mean, um, but. But yeah, I just I I want to be able to do both. I mean, I think I think my dream would be if Kit Club took off to the point where I can have my very trusted crew volunteers or even you employees know employees salary, would yeah. be wonderful um so that when I want to take off on the road somebody's looking after our intakes and you know, and I have peace of mind that everybody's will is being taken care of. So that would be wonderful, but that is many years down the road, but that's okay. You know, we are working towards it. So
1: music is life, but it doesn't need to be your whole life.
0: Yeah. And if it is, that's okay too. There you go. Um, I'm just here to tell you whatever you want to do. That's fine.
1: And we're back with the game called, didn't you know, um, Marina Lopez. Hmm. Um for those of you who don't know, is uh my partner. Hey. We're cupped.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> no.
1: What do you mean? Yes. <laughs> well, I mean,
0: yes, it's yeah. true.
1: Yeah. Um It's true. Yeah. Almost
0: three years, y'all.
1: Yeah, that's right. So I'm watching y'all. Wow.
0: <laughs> okay. I'm able to watch myself. Thank you very much. There
1: you go. Um <laughs> For those who don't know, the did you Know game is basically a game where I ask a question and we're supposed to get the same answer here. And oh, because, okay. Yeah, but because this is sort of like a couple's edition,
0: <laughs>
1: um, yeah, it's going to be like games like that, although it'll be music-related. Anyway, hmm. so.
0: Yeah, just what does Matt eat for breakfast? <laughs> and what
1: would be that answer?
0: Most of the time, like peanut butter toast, sometimes it'll have like little slices of banana. Yeah. That's what he has. And the man never drinks coffee. Yes! yes. <laughs> All right, so
1: <laughs> the first question of the okay. Didn't You Know game. You ready? Yeah. yeah. All right. Hit me. If we went on a road trip, which album would we put on first?
0: Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um I actually don't know how to spell this.
0: What the hell?
1: Uh, oh, it's a hint. Um You ready? Yeah. Okay. Are we'll reveal camera. And yeah, we'll reveal you you show this camera and I'll okay. show
0: uh, What are oh, no more? It's not the one Okay. Three, two, one. Renaissance. Yeah, Renaissance. There you go. And I'll tell you why. It's because I I don't drive. It means you be driving and I'm passenger princess. So I get to pick, and that's what I would pick. Um, Cuff It is is so good. Yeah. Uh, just. All right. So really we got the same answer.
1: Yay! Good job. I thought I thought we weren't gonna get the same answer because of your reaction. So when I I accidentally showed you the answer. Mm. <laughs> um. Second question. Mm. Um. If Marina could have dinner with with one artist slash musician right now, who would it be?
0: De- again, dead or dead or alive.
1: Uh, let's do, let's do, um, dead.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Let's do dead. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because, because I think if it oh. was, it was alive, it would have been Beyonce.
0: <laughs> and It would not have been. Oh, okay. Uh, I probably would have chosen someone like John Mayer.
1: Oh, true. Or somebody
0: cool that I look up to these days. Yeah. Um, but, okay, dead. Um. Yeah. Okay, hold up. Let me think about That's it. That's a big one. <laughs> yeah. Um.
1: Ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll you. Sh- uh, how about I reveal and then we could talk about my answer and then we'll reveal if if, if it's the right one. Sure. Okay. I said Prince.
0: Oh, that wasn't my answer, but that would, You know what? Maybe that overrides my answer.
1: <laughs> well, it's your first instinct. So I said Prince because I know how big of a fan you are and yeah. that Sony Center performance and the Vancouver yeah Um, performance as well but i said prince i feel
0: like i'd be so nervous though
1: yeah and apparently he's a weird weird like one-on-one guy
0: yeah so i mean i'd go because come on and i want to know what that's like what the heck yeah Um,
1: (laughs) have you ever heard of the quest love of course i'm mentioning him um Mm -hmm. the quest love uh prince story when when he invited him to go play ping pong
0: i think i have rings a bell
1: it's basically this like very mysterious night. Prince mm. invited Questlove to go play ping pong, and yeah. they play ping pong. Oh yeah, yeah. I've heard about
0: this. I've heard about this. He
1: like turned around, and when he turned back around to to, to talk to Prince, he wasn't there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> anyway.
0: I who knows what, you know, is going through his head at the time. I don't know. What's your answer? My answer is uh Jacko Pastorius.
1: Hey, like, oh. all right. Bass legend.
0: Uh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just uh he was just so cool. I just wanna know. Yeah what he was like. Um but I kinda get a feeling he was a really nice guy. Yeah. You know, mental illness aside.
1: True. He was a big influence, like uh, musically on you?
0: Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Growing up it was a lot of jackal,
1: Yeah. Was it like weird to have like such a like a virtuosic influence as a young person? Like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, like, it, is it wasn't like,
0: weird, but like I realized later it worked a little bit against my favor Okay, because I developed like insane chops as a young kid. Right. Um, and then later on felt like if I'm not continuing to push forward and developing my genius uh then i'm a failed musician and i'll never be and and then i was like wait hold on because there are people like boots collins and there are people like pina Palladino, and there are people you know who like Group. are just so good at keeping things simple and tasty and just like do the one little tiny fill right in the pocket where it feels the <laughs> best <laughs> right in the, the pocket, pocket. <laughs> um <laughs> you know, and so but it took it took some time to like yeah. be like, you know what? If you play the same bass line over and over, that's okay too. Yeah. Sometimes that's the right thing to do. Yeah. But yeah, I, it kinda like yeah, no, no. Like, trying to be so virtuosic uh, at such a young age kind of warped my uh, idea of what a bass player should be. Right. When, like, in reality. But the reason is because when, f- when I lived in Spain in my first years in Vancouver, like, I did, I was not in bands with right. peers. It was just me in my room. So I had to play solo pieces. And I right. had to play classical. Right, because I yeah, had no yeah. one else to play with. So it had to be things I could play on my own. So. Wild. Yeah, but that changed later on, thankfully.
1: Yeah, yeah. Fourth question. Hmm. If there was one iconic performance in the music industry that you could go back and see, Marina, which one would it be? I'm gonna try to answer this for you. Mm. Which one would you go see? An iconic performance in music history.
0: It's hard to pick one. Yeah. Can I do a couple? Yeah, you could do a
1: couple, and I'll I'll try to guess one out of those, out of those, out of those two or three or whatever. This is a big one. I don't yeah. know. I, don't, I don't really don't know. Um, I don't know if I'm going to get this right. We'll reveal at the same time, though.
0: Okay.
1: Okay. Three, two, one, reveal.
0: Oh. True. Interesting.
1: That's great. Oh, man, I should have thought about the Baychella.
0: Anything Dragable Stories would have been... Amazing. Yeah. Same for Jimi Hendrix. Uh huge fan yeah. was such a big part of like what I listened to in high school. Yeah. And then Beachella. That's right. Beachella.
1: But hey, Beachella if if you haven't watched that, everybody online, go check that out. It's on Netflix. You live under
0: a fucking rock. It's just good. <laughs> <laughs> what
1: is it called? Uh Homecoming. Homecoming, of course. Go check that out. It's so crazy. They do uh they do like a Like a, like a, it's
0: a bit of a documentary behind the scenes, but the, the the full show is still, you know,
1: it's a marching band situation too. Like what? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Crazy.
1: And they do, what what they did is that they filmed two performances and they go between the performances as well in in the, in the, in the film. Anyway, it's amazing.
0: Just watch it. It'll make your life better.
1: Yeah. There you go. Last question. Last but not least. Mm. If we could play for any artist together, together bass and drums, um, <laughs> you know the answer right away. If we could play for any artist together, bass and drums, who would it be? Um, Now, I have, yeah, I think I know A lot what of, this is.
0: I could do better handwriting than this.
1: <laughs> oh, man, I've been, yeah, I've been just phoning it in on the handwriting today. Yeah. I added a heart at the end of mine.
0: Oof. Okay, shall we?
1: <laughs> what was that? Oof! I, I don't know. Did you, uh, see, did you see their name? I
0: did not. No,
1: no, no, not mine. But you, you saw your uh, the, the name that you put down. You're like oof.
0: I mean, also that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think I know the answer. Three, okay. two, one. John, John, John Mayer. Mayer. <laughs> hey yo, heart. 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 John. John is a daddy.
1: Our boy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
0: yes. John Indeed. is a daddy. <laughs> Honestly,
1: <laughs> he's coming to Toronto in a couple of weeks and I'm not here for it. And I am sad.
0: Yeah. Solo
1: performance with our boy.
0: JP Sachs JP opening. Sachs. Very exciting.
1: There you go. Love that for him. Yeah. Yeah. John A. John a. If, you are listening to this. I know, John. And if ever. <laughs> if, if ever. If ever. Yeah. <laughs> please let us know. Yeah. Only one hotel room. No, that's was, my pitch.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's yeah, my pitch. we come at a lesser cost.
1: That's right. I'd like to thank Marina Lopez for being on the podcast this week, 10th, official 10th episode of oh. the Cloud Machine Podcast. I can't believe we got to double digits. Um thank I'm you so for being so proud of
0: you. Thank you very oh. much.
1: Um Yeah, it was so great to just talk um music education. Um oh, yeah. And just your whole process, um, being a woman in music, um, the Jesse Reyes tour, doing mm. this game. And um, yeah, thank you for being on. The tenth guest.
0: Yeah. yeah. I'm very honored. Yeah. It was really fun. Thank yeah. you. Thanks. Yeah. I love you so much.
1: I love you so much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> very cute.
1: You know who else I love? I love people who are listening to the podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening in. Uh Cloud Machine, um, <laughs> Yeah, thank you. We're seeing uh, people from all around the world listening. Um, I see my people from Sudbury as well. Um, Thank you for listening every week. Uh, We will see you next week. Stay safe. I am leaving for uh, the Elio's Inferno Tour um, this week. Um, I
0: will be all alone. Yeah. House to myself. There you go. Play video games. Yeah,
1: (laughs) treat yourself right. (laughs) But anyway, for those who are coming to see us on tour, uh, I can't wait to see you. Um, But if you don't have your tickets, go get your tickets now um, on socials. All right. Thank you very much for listening. See you next week. Stay safe. Bye.